AJ Jones? Yes, sir. How the heck are you? I'm good. We're on episode 282 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Welcome, everybody. Wowza. This week, we're going to be talking about speaking in tongues. Yes. But before we do that, let's do our weekly catch-up. Okay. <laughs> well. See, I feel like I cheat. Because I write the show notes, I already know what the weekly catch-up is. But I have that same glacate look. And use a you, Scottish term. You probably look back through the calendar and figure out. It's exactly what I do. What we did. We had Kate's wedding. Except I drove all the way out to Kate's wedding, looking particularly dapper, I might add. Yes, you looked very dapper. And then immediately turned around and went home because my back was out. <laughs> and it was the same with church. Like I got ready for church that morning. I was thinking, I can do this. I can do this. No, this is fine. This is mm-hmm. fine. And because it was a new injury, so long-time listeners will know that I have a disc that loves to go out. My L4 loves to subluxate. Yes, it likes to go sideways. It likes to pinch a nerve. Mm-hmm. And that's searing and you can't move. This was a very different pain. And it turns out I had a twisted pelvis. Well, it's all that dancing you've been doing. I thought breakdancing would be fine at age 47, but yeah, apparently, apparently not apparently good. Not. But thank you to Dr. Ronson, our chiropractor. My back got fixed fairly rapidly. Four chiropractic visits in as many days. Twice on the decompression table. Yeah, and, and he got you sorted. I'm almost all better. I notice yeah. I'm still leaning a little bit. Tiny bit, yeah. But I don't know why my pelvis keeps getting twisted. I just assume you're leaning towards me because you want to be with me. Yeah, but, that's you know. true. Um, tick update. Yes. My tick had no diseases. Good. I heard back from tickcheck.com and they're like, you're good. I stopped my antibiotics immediately. Praise God. But I heard from a listener this yeah. week yeah. <laughs> who was listening to our episode and only got as far as the weekly update where we were talking about our tick yeah. or my tick yeah. and went in and uh, found a tick on themselves. <gasps> and because they'd listened to our podcast, they knew exactly what to do. And they too sent off their tick. It's a tick check. So we're just, kind of like you a know public what? health department. We're just like public health. <laughs> Big events that happened this week. Our kids are out of school, baby. I'm just helping you jog your memory. They are. Wow, that was this week. That was yeah. this week. And they all did killer good with their grades. Like They really did. Knocked it out of the park, all three of them. Yep, so we proud We went of them. to Bar Taco, didn't we? We did. I forgot how much I love that place. Me too. The I trouble really is, like I was wearing a blue and white checked shirt, and so that's what everybody who works there wears. So I was worried that when I took MJ to the restroom that people were going to stop and ask for a refill or something. But food was amazing. Your favorite taco that you had there? I liked the oyster one. I never had that. No. I had the pork belly, which was delicious. Yeah. Usually pork belly is too salty for me. Oh, it's always sweet. Okay. Oh, and they're, I love their guac. In fact, I kind of want to go there tonight. We can't. We already have... Food, food. I have food ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, our pool, our neighborhood pool is open. It is. Um, Memorial Day weekend for Americans. Um, I hope you have a great uh, Memorial Day um, Monday. We plan on grilling out, probably going to the pool. Yep. So life is good. It is. Anything else outstanding happened this week? Mm. I can't believe this wasn't top of your list. Where did you and I go yesterday? Where do, oh, we went to the movies. <laughs> we did go to the movies. What did we go see? We saw Top Gun Maverick. What What did you think? I thought it was great. It was so nostalgic uh, of the first one. There were so many moments where they tied it in brilliantly, either with music or, you know, 
Dif- different scenes. I loved it. I thought it was great. When did the first one come out? Oh, I don't like even 1985 know. 1985 or something? Yeah, it had know, to I'm be 80s because I think I was in high school. IMDb. 1986 is when it came out. 86. So I was 12 when that came out. You were just a youngin. Here's what was horrible for me yes. about watching the movie, yes. which I really enjoyed. Uh-huh. I mean, it's exactly what you think it will be. Yeah. What I really struggled with is the existential crisis of we're all getting old and we're all going to die. Watching the movie, you struggled with that? <laughs> yes, because a, a 12 Tom year Cruise old. Is getting old. <laughs> Tom Cruise isn't getting old. Tom Cruise is no. cryogenically frozen in time. Uh, I know. But I'm Val shocked. Kilmer. Val Kilmer looked old. Yeah. And Ed Harris. Yep. And I was just thinking, man, life moves on. Yeah. And I ain't getting any younger. Yeah. It was kind of sobering. I had a bit of a midlife crisis in the middle of the movie. Well. Then was distracted by fighter jets. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting. We watched like a little mini documentary on how Tom Cruise had all the actors actually had to do all this flight stuff to get ready for it because mm-hmm. they are actually filming inside of planes. Yeah. I, th- I found it interesting that they paid $11,000 an hour for each plane of screen time. And Tom Cruise, even though he is a pilot and is, is allowed to fly many, many different planes, was forbidden from flying or touching the controls because they're military and there's a rule where non-military people are not allowed to Touch of the controls. That must have been really difficult for him because he's a pilot nerd. Yes. I heard and him he say, seems to like to do all of his own things, so I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised. I heard him say that Top Gun 2, this movie, or Top Gun Maverick, whatever it's called, is a love letter to aviation. And boy, is that true. It seems that way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Loved it. Great date night. So good. For people our age. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a good standalone movie. On its own. I don't know. How could we know? Because we have the background. But Our main topic this week yes. is all about speaking in tongues. Perfect. Last week, we talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And during that episode, we talked we talked a little bit about speaking in tongues. I think I, I, I halted you because I was like, oh, no, this is, a new, this is a new episode that we could talk about. I have to tell you that I'm going to wander a little bit as I talk about speaking in tongues, biblically. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is... Ooh, biblical wandering. Well, I was raised a conservative evangelical in a, sensati- in a sensational background. Nope. <laughs> it was Try fabulous, again. I tell you. <laughs> fabulous. Fabulous. So good. In a cessationist background. There you go. <laughs> Cessationists are people who don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. So they don't believe speaking in tongues is for today. Things like, you know, um, prophecy, healing, all that sort of stuff doesn't happen. Right. did happen in the Bible times, but now the Bible is complete. doesn't There's need no to need happen to. now. Yeah. Right. That's what I was raised in. Yeah. But then I met the Holy Spirit and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That kind of changes your perspective. Absolutely changed my yeah. perspective. And I've spent most of my life now in charismatic churches. Yes. Charismatics being people who believe in the active working, the charisma gifts, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I know from uh, from having lived in both those camps, that depending on which end of that spectrum you are on, you'll read the verses that I'm actually going to share on this episode and come to different conclusions because you're looking through different lenses. And I want to be theologically honest enough to say that I could actually argue either interpretation of some of these verses, which is dangerous because then what you're doing is you're making these verses say what you want them to say right. rather than discovering what they are saying. Right. So I want to be honest about that and I'll add commentary when that happens. 
Okay. Uh, the reason I'm doing that is if, if I've got people who are not of a charismatic persuasion listening to this, because maybe a friend's like, hey, I'm listening to this episode, or I've got people who are like, I listened to this episode, and maybe you're a pastor thinking, well, hang on, I want to listen to what these people are saying. I actually just want to have enough academic or not even academic, th- you know, theological honesty to say, yeah, I could see why people in this camp believe this verse means this and and comment on that. Sure. Am I going sure, sure. a little bit to the extra lengths, or is that just the way I'm wired? Well, it's kind of the way you're wired, baby, so I'm all good. So I have a bunch of questions, and before I even tell you what the questions are and then offer answers to them, I thought it would be good if we read a bunch of verses that we can then refer back to when attempting to answer those questions. Sounds good. Can you read a very famous verse, yes. or a very famous series of verses from the day of Pentecost? Acts chapter 2, take it away, A.J. Jones. Okay. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Alamites? Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, wow, Pontus and Asia, Thy, how do you say that one? Easy for you to say. Yeah, those two that start with a P, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, I'm going to get you back for making me read this first. We... We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? I'm so glad that you took that passage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I thought ahead, I would have been like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. I want to read another passage. First Corinthians 14. Again, famous passage here. Verse one, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Verse 4 says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Mm. Ephesians six eighteen says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Jude 20 and 21 But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Bunch of verses there for us. 
I'll put all the links to those verses in the show notes as normal. Mm. Let me ask you some questions, AJ Jones. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm ready. No, you know the answers to these. Okay, good. It's not like I'm asking you math questions. Okay, good. So I'm pretty good at math, actually. You are very good at math, yeah. especially at mental arithmetic. I am. I find it amusing that I studied math. I mean, I say I studied math at university. I did it for like three weeks and then realized, what am I doing? I need to swap subjects. Oh, or I I'm thought going to you die. did a whole year. No, no. I was wondering how you studied math at university. No, nope. nope. I got okay. accepted for math. And that very quickly realized, what I'm out of my depth here and switched to <laughs> that something That makes so different. much more sense. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> because it's not just mental arithmetic. It's like when we look at a spreadsheet and you're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I'm like, no, there's something horribly wrong with these numbers. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Back, back to, to tongues. Back to tongues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift where you are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you. I love that it's a gift because it makes everything else easier. Yeah. Like spir- speaking tongues is not a mark of spiritual maturity. No. Because gifts don't indicate maturity. Fruit does. Right. Right. So, so it's a gift. So you can't even earn it. It's a gift. Right. And, yeah. I, I, you know, we read 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, where Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. So that's that's a command. Yeah. Like we are to eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And then Paul goes on, he talks about prophecy and tongues, which are both spiritual gifts, but and he implores everyone to desire prophecy, but he also says he wants everyone to speak in tongues. Wow. I want to make a comment here. Yep. This is just my understanding of the text, right? So I, I, I want to kind of make that clear. I, this, would be my, this would be my understanding. It might not be my doctrine, and I'll explain why in a second. Okay. I think every Christian can, like it has the potential to both speak in tongues and prophesy. Yes. And I know they're a gift. And it's my understanding, because I think, as Paul writes here, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, by the way, that he tells us all to desire those things, tongues and prophecy and other gifts. And it's most like the Father, as the psalmist says in um, Psalm 145, you know, where it says, God opens his hand and satisfies the desires of every living thing. Like, it's outside of a good father's nature to say, hey, you guys really, 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 really desire this thing. These things I've commanded you to, but ha ha, you're not going to get it. That's right. Right? So I think because it's there, as it like eagerly desire these things, we are to eagerly desire them, and, and he would love to give us it. The reason I say it's not my doctrine is because I'm aware in saying what I just said that it might cause hurt or sadness, or I might inadvertently end up with people who think they're second-class Christians, because I know of many devoted Christians who do not speak in tongue. Yes. Tongues. uh, They speak in tongue, but not in tongues. (laughs) Right? And it's not for the want of desiring it. And so I don't want to add an extra burden to them. They're like, what's wrong with you? You know, everybody can. Right. Uh, Having said that, though, I also have a working theory of perhaps why, which I'll talk about later. Okay. Again, based on my experience, which is why I don't make it my doctrine, but it is my considered opinion. It's your theory. That's what I told you. There'd be a little bit of wandering in this episode. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Okay. So it's a spiritual gift. It's given freely by the Holy Spirit to, to I believe, all believers. Mm. All right. Where is it in the Bible? Well, we just read a bunch of them. Check the show notes for, for the links. When I was thinking about the benefits, baby, I came up with four benefits of speaking in tongues. I'm of just, course you did. Did you rhyme them all like with the same, starting with the same letter or something? I did not. That's oh. Baptists. Remember, I oh, wasn't Baptist, so just brethren. Okay. Could you try and make them all start with the letter P or something? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the four benefits I thought of, yeah. 
Let's see if you've got any more. Is one edification? Yes. Two intercession. Yes. Three worship. Yes. Four evangelism. Yes, but wouldn't what about five strengthening? Because it strengthens you in your inner man, right? That was number one edification. Oh, edification. I suppose that is strengthening. I guess I think of edification <laughs> differently. I see. I should have gone through and explained them. Yes. Yeah, that's where I, that was my mistake, right? Number one, okay. edification. Number one. Yeah. Edification is literally a spiritual strength thing or okay. a building yourself up. Okay. So that verse that you read in Jude 20, but yeah. you, dear friends, yeah, by yeah. building yourself up in your most holy faith yeah. and praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, I read that, like anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Yes. Now, let me comment, because my cessationist lens from when I was growing up, I never read Jude 20 as praying in the Holy Spirit as praying in tongues. Okay. Now, I, I think we have a precedent for Jude 20 being tongues because of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. Right. Right, because First Corinthians fourteen verse four says you edify yourself by speaking in tongues, and in Jude twenty he's talking about building yourself up yes. by praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, in the church culture I grew up in, we would just think praying in the Holy Spirit would be like being led by the Holy Spirit to pray in English. Ah, I got you. All right. Okay. Now, with my charismatic eyes, I would say that is speaking in tongues. Yes. I don't care too much to have that distinction made or forced. Yes. But I'm just explaining that for okay. I maybe, got you. Maybe, you know, again, I want to be sensitive to our listeners. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your spiritual background is. I'm trying to be as helpful as possible. Straight up heathen over here. Not much of a background. Well, I would say charismatic <laughs> heathen. You know, charismatic you, you heathen. did it with oh, gusto. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's edification yeah. or building yourself up. Like yeah. often when I'm needing revelation, when I'm needing, well, actually, we should have put revelation there as number five because I'm not sure if that's the same as edification. I don't think so. Anyway. Okay. Often when I speak in tongues, it feels like spiritual antennas going up, and I become more aware of what the Holy Spirit's doing. Yeah, much doing. more connected. So that's why yeah. it kind of, that's uh, a little bit of a edification and revelation thing. All right, intercession. You yes. with me? Yes. That's what Paul's talking about, Romans eight twenty six. Yes. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Yes. Similarly, in the verse we read in Ephesians 6, verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit, there's that phrase again, with all prayer and supplication. I had to look up supplication because it's one of those Christian words I've used my whole life, and I'm not entirely sure what it means. Well, you're in good company because apparently I don't know what edification <laughs> means. <laughs> Go ahead. Supplication is yeah. just the act of asking for something earnestly. Okay. Now, I don't know if I need a trauma warning here, but I'm going to talk about recent events in in American news. Yeah. So in the last couple of weeks, we've had two mass shootings in America. Yeah. Both horrible and tragic. One in Absolutely New York horrible. where 10 members of the black community were murdered by a white supremacist who specifically chose that location because of its, its and, and drove, I don't know, like two hours to get there so specifically. And then one this week where 19 elementary, that's primary school children, and two adults were murdered in another mass shooting. When I hear the news of both of those events, I am instantly overwhelmed. Like, I feel like I'm drowning, both emotionally and spiritually. Like, yes. I, I, I can start a list of things I want to pray for, but then I just feel lost. And yeah. on the horizon, I'm just waiting for the barrage of unhelpful comments or responses that I'm going to see. This, for me, is where praying in the Spirit is huge. Like, when I don't know what to pray for, I pray in tongues. 
Yeah. That yeah. would be my intercession. Yeah. Sundays, you know, we, we were praying for the war in Ukraine, and we were praying about the, the news of the Supreme Court overturning um, abortion, and we were praying at our church for the, the shooting in, uh, in Buffalo. And again, you know, we all split into, I, I don't know what to pray. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, of course I know what to pray, but I also, there's an element of me that just doesn't, and so I just start praying in tongues. Yeah. Do you have a praying in tongues story, baby? Well, I think, I don't know if it's a praying in tongues story, but I'm just thinking a number of years ago, like, you know, when something would, would happen, you'd think, oh, I never prayed for this. You know, I never asked for this. And then I'd have the thought go through my head. Well, I don't, I don't actually know what I'm saying when I'm praying in tongues. So maybe I did. Like, maybe I prayed, God, refine me or, yeah. you know, whatever. Lord, um, crucify my flesh. <laughs> you know? So you're just like, well, it's kind of a dangerous pastime to pray in tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yes, that's, that's what I was thinking about. All right. That's number two, intercession. Mm-hmm. Number three, worship. This might shock you. I doubt it. I love singing in tongues. It's one of my favorite things to do. Really? Yeah, I knew I it was shocking. Shocked. Yeah. In fact, my discipline used to be, before I ever met you, and when I had a piano, which I don't currently have, I'd come home from work, I'd sit down at my piano, and I would just play and sing in tongues until I couldn't sit up anymore, because the Holy Spirit would come and I'd get knocked to the floor. Oh, we need to get you a piano. One of my most played songs, you know, if I look in, it's not called iTunes anymore, but if I look in my Apple Music library, one of the most played tracks ever is a spontaneous track that we recorded one night at Grey Center. Yeah. Right? The fabulous Jesse Early. Yes. The incredible Luke Finch. Yeah. And the incomparable Chris McClarney. Yes. All started playing. Mm. And, you know, for a, a large portion of the song, they're just singing in tongues. Yeah. And I just, I love it. I put it on and it's not like I sing along with the tongues that they're singing in. I sing along in my tongue. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes if you haven't heard it. It's such oh, a it's great, such track. A great you, track. You can listen to it. You can download it as well. I mean, I guess I said last week uh, when we were recording, I I didn't even start speaking in tongues. I started with, with singing in mm-hmm. tongues. Uh, and probably that's most often uh, if, if I am you know, praying in tongues, I'm probably singing more than I'm, than I'm speaking. Mm. So the only time I hear you speak in tongues is our kids went through a season where when we'd put them to bed, they didn't want us to pray in English. They wanted us to pray in tongues. Yeah. So we'd come in their bedroom and we'd pray in tongues over them. Yeah. And if we tried to pray in English, they'd be like, no, we want tongues. Want you to pray in tongues. And we actually had to start warning any sitters that they would ask that you would pray in tongues. Remember when they asked your dad if he would pray in tongues? <laughs> my, my, my cessationist Whoops. father, <laughs> who was babysitting one night, and one of the kids just didn't know not to ask grandpa that, but don't they were like, grandpa. no, not in English, grandpa, in tongues. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever said anything, did he? Um, I know he just mentioned that they had asked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so he, didn't, he didn't further comment. He just said, yeah, you're... MJ just asked me to pray in tongues when I put him to bed. I just prayed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. Good job. Thanks so I, much. I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, out of the mouths of babes. I yeah. love it. The final one. Yes. Unless we want to add any more is evangelism. Yeah. And Acts 2, again, here's my theological wandering. Some theologians like to make a distinction between the supernatural gift of tongues that is actually another language that you didn't learn which is what we see in Acts 2. Right. And a heavenly language that is spiritual in nature and not understood by men. 
right? And we get that from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Sure. I'm not so eager to make that distinction because I'm not sure that's actually what's going on in Acts 2. Right. And I know of people who've been speaking in tongues, like i.e. their prayer language. Yes. Right? And it's actually a language to other people, but it wasn't a language to them. Yes. Right? That, that's, I've heard numerous stories of that. Yeah. Do you have a story? I'm yeah, looking at your I brain. Was, I was just thinking about, uh, I don't know if you were there, but this was during the revival in Toronto. And Is this Al McDonald? Yeah. Yeah. Al McDonald. Yep. And, uh, you know, he he was speaking in a different tongue than what he normally speaks in. So he was, you know, I mean, the Holy Spirit was just doing wild stuff. And uh, John was walking around with a microphone, miking different people. And it sounded like uh, some sort of, you know, Oriental Asian language. And so um, J- John went over and miked uh Al and all of a sudden this group of like 40 I think they were Koreans uh, but they might have been Japanese it was a group that all came together uh, all just started freaking out and came up to the front and and basically they had come to see if this was God and Al was saying in their language this is God like and then started talking about how big and how wonderful God is and so this whole group of you know for 40 people just came up to the front and were freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Al is this little like unassuming white guy, you know, who's like in his eighties. That's, you know, yelling at the top of his lungs in some different tongue. Right. Yeah. He had no idea what was going on. Anyway, it was just super cool. Yeah. It's one of my favorite memories of watching something like that happen. Spontaneously. Yeah. I'm going to add in number five. I'm going to oh, add in revelation. Adding number five. Because I remember when I learned to prophesy, the only way I would get prophetic revelation was by speaking in tongues. Yeah. Like when I started and I would lay hands on people, if I would speak in tongues, then I would get revelation for them. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I, I don't know if one preceded the other or it was just like, you know, scaffolding and baby steps for me. Yeah. But often, um, often when we're in meetings, I don't know if you can pray in tongues in your head, but... You know, often I'm I'm praying and I'm just asking the Lord for revelation and I will get stuff that I didn't have because I've been praying in tongues. That's interesting. I like it. Mm. One of my favorite books on this topic is yes. by Mahesh Chavda. It's called The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting. And it's, again, one of those books that's just, you'll read stories in there that are almost too too supernatural to be believed. And it was a huge encouragement. If you want to learn more about speaking in tongues, I would encourage you to read that book. Sounds good. Last question, Angie Jones. Yeah. How do you get tongues? You ask for it. Yeah. Similar to baptism of the Holy Spirit, like, it can happen sovereignly. Yeah. Or, you know, someone prays for you. Yeah. But here's the deal. I don't think that's enough. Okay. What I mean by that is, I believe I got the gift of tongues months before I ever used the gift of tongues. Okay. Like, I believe when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit that I could have spoken in tongues that night. It's just that nobody told me how to activate it. Right. And so here's where I tell some humiliating stories about my own ignorance, about a left brain or trying to stumble into things of the Spirit. But I think part of my confusion about speaking in tongues is I'd read fantastical books or testimonies. Uh, I don't mean fantastical as in they're fictitious. I just mean like larger-than-life stories where, um, you know, I remember reading this one story about a missionary woman 
who didn't speak in tongues, who was in a foreign country and her life is in danger. And she just felt, she said, I felt like a rush of wind come from the back of my head and out my mouth. And I could hear myself saying things in a language I'd never heard. And I got rid of the attackers. And that's how she learned to speak in tongues. And it would seem like most of the stories I'd read were this kind of dramatic where the Holy Spirit came upon you and you had no choice, but the Holy Spirit would start speaking through you. Yeah. And I think that was my misnomer. That was my confusion because I used to, and I know you have no problem believing this, as part of my daily discipline, you know, I'd read my Bible, I would pray, and then I would wait with my mouth open and my tongue hanging out for the Holy Spirit to move my tongue. <laughs> so I love you so tongues. much. <laughs> because I had nobody to teach me. Right. And I was just so eager and keen that I'd just yeah. sit there like this. Oh, I, I was just like, how long do I wait for? You know, and then right. all the saliva would disappear and I'd just be like, okay, this, this can't be it. And then I did, I remember I had a friend pray for me. And he he was not aggressive at all. But okay, this is another humiliating story. I forget what it was, but I had this this person pray for me and he prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he prayed for me to be able to speak in tongues. And he tried to coach me and he's oh, I remember exactly the word. And he just said, Okay, so I'm gonna pray for you. Holy Spirit, would you come just fill Alan right now? Would you give him the gift of tongues? And he just said to me, okay, Alan, just say the first word that comes into your head. So the first word that came into my head was egg yolk. <laughs> so I just said egg yolk. And he's like, yeah, maybe try again. <laughs> and Because his experience was somebody prayed for him. And when a word popped in his head, he just said that word. And for him, when he said that word, yeah. everything got kickstarted. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I think I tried again and... Uh, no, I think I was so humiliated that I didn't try again. And later that night after he'd left and I was on my own, I, I forget the word, but I had one word that wasn't English. And I forget what it was. It wasn't Shaba, but it may as well have been, right? right. It was a word, a two-syllable word yeah. that I would just take out for a spin every now and then. And I wasn't quite sure why I would, but I continued to pray for the gift of tongues. And then one day, I forget how many months after this, event but i'm praying and i'm asking the lord for the gift of tongues and i feel that the holy spirit says to me alan for you to ask me for the gift of tongues would presuppose that you don't have it and i would be that's correct and he said if you don't have it then why do you keep saying this one word right which wasn't shabba but it may as well have been Right, right right and i was like you mean this is that and i felt like the holy spirit said yes you just need to grow your vocabulary So now, rather than saying that one word out of awkwardness, I said that one word out of faith, and that's what kick-started me speaking in tongues. That's so cool. Here's the thing that I wished someone would have done when I was learning to speak in tongues, is they'd let me know what speaking in tongues sounded like. So I'm going to speak in tongues just now, all right? We're not in a church service, so we don't need an interpretation. For those of you who are like, wait, are you allowed to do that? (laughs) Here's what I learned about speaking in tongues is, Speaking in tongues is like speaking in English. And what I mean by that is I used to think that speaking in tongues was the sovereign thing that the Holy Spirit would fall upon me and all of a sudden, uncontrollably, I'd start saying things. No, just like I can choose to start speaking in English. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the people who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. I ask that you'd bless them. Just just like I can choose to start and stop speaking in English, I can choose to start speaking in tongues. I can also choose to stop speaking in tongues. Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't have to think about what I'm going to say. 
Like, I'm not, like, speaking in tongues and thinking, oh, I've said that phrase a bit too much. I'll uh, bear add in a vowel sound. Like, that's not what's happening when I'm speaking in tongues. Yeah. Do you want to know the nerdy way that I convinced myself I was speaking in tongues and not making it up? Yeah, I do. I don't think you've ever told me some of this stuff. This is quite interesting. Is one day, while having breakfast, I picked up the back of a cereal box and I spoke in tongues, but I read in my mind the ingredient list of the back of the cornflakes box. Yes. And I was amazed that I could both simultaneously speak audibly in one language and read in English fluently. Yes. Then to make sure that my my thesis was sound, I started trying to speak in English and try and read at the same time, and I realized I couldn't do both at the same time. And therefore, I realized it was two different brain functions. (laughs) And that's what settled for me that I was speaking in tongues. Oh, my gosh. I love that. It is a left brainer's guide to speaking in tongues. There you go. How did did you, you know, learn or know, not learn because it's a gift, but like, how did you know that you could speak in tongues? Because you had lots of well-meaning Pentecostals around you saying, Yeah. Say shit about a Honda. Yeah. And so much pressure. I don't know. I started. I I started singing th- that day, and I think I had like one little phrase, basically. And you know, Mary Audrey, being this sweet woman that she is, just said, "That's it. Keep going. Keep going. You're doing it." And and I just kept singing that one thing over and over again. And it's funny because for a season, I I had a tongue that sounded completely different for about three or four years, and then I. S- stopped speaking that tongue and went back to the first one so i you know and i don't know what that was about but um yeah so you learned to sing first here here was the other question i had about singing tongues is how do you know where the music's going to go like often at grace center will play spontaneously yeah we the band will play spontaneously i do not do any playing yeah but you know the the band will play and how do you know where you're going to sing like both, I know how you know the words that you're going to sing because you're singing tongues, but how do you know the melody? Well, uh, there was no music, so I was just, the melody was part of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were a cappella singing in tongues? Yeah. Way to overachieve on your first time. <laughs> well, I was just doing what she told me to do, and because I trusted her, and it, it didn't feel the same as all the other times when I had felt like this incredible pressure to perform, uh, it, it turned out okay. that's great yeah i think it would be irresponsible of us to talk about speaking tongues without also praying for our listeners to receive the gift of tongues so i'm going to do that just now aj's having an allergy attack where it sounds like snot is running has kidnapped you is that right it's yeah it's like blocking up the back of my nose (laughs) that's not fun father i thank you that you're a good father, that you love to give good gifts to your children. And I thank you for this wonderful gift that in many ways is a mystery. It, in, in so many ways, it's offensive to the rational mind, and yet is a gift. And we know from Scripture, Lord, that we're both to eagerly desire it. And as Paul said, Lord, that you're eager, Lord, that everybody would be able to speak in tongues. And so I ask right now, Lord, that because it's a gift, that you would just give a gift of speaking in tongues to everybody who's listening right now, Lord, that that you right now, Holy Spirit, would fall upon people and that you would give them that gift so that they can use that gift, Lord, for edification, for intercession, for worship, Lord, maybe evangelism and for revelation. 
And I want to encourage you, like, you, nobody's around. Well, I don't know where you're listening to this, but when nobody's around, you can, you can have someone pray for you, but you need to take it out for a spin and you need to step out. And for me, the way it worked for me, you heard that, is I just had one phrase. I, I heard a phrase and it can feel like folly to say something. It feels like you're making things up. But as with everything in the spirit, you need childlike faith. Yeah. You know, when you pray, it feels like when you first start praying, and even in English, it feels like you're speaking to nothing. When you start prophesying, you're convinced you're making it up. When you start praying for healing, you, you know, you realize that you're utterly powerless. And so it is too with speaking in tongues. And so I want to encourage you just ask for a word, and whatever word pops in your head, say that and see what happens. Now, we would love to hear from you. If you've got questions about speaking in tongues, if you've got testimonies about speaking in tongues, if you've got some crazy tongue-speaking stories, we'd love to hear about them. Send them to us. Um, you can send an email to us at hello at alanandaj.com. We'd love to hear about that. And I forgot to mention, talking about like tongues, we had a, our dear friend Pastor Surprise come on the podcast, and I don't know how many languages he speaks, 16 I thought it was 17, but Something yeah, like that. somewhere in there. 17 languages, 16 of which have been given to him supernaturally by God, including yeah. English, yeah, where he can not only speak English fluently, but also write it and, yeah. and read it. Amazing. And so I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. Okay. At the risk of drowning my wife in her own snot, I have a <laughs> listener's question for you. Oh, dear. Yeah. This is from Sweet Hillary one of our members. Hi, sweet Hillary. And she asked a question about baptism of the Holy Spirit. She said this, I've got two questions. Number one, do you think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like water baptism in that you can get baptized more than once? I'll go ahead and say yes, because we leak. So we need yeah. to be filled by Refilled. the Holy Spirit. And you see that with the disciples in Acts 2, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts 4, Peter and the disciples, and they're praying again because they just had this confrontation, and they're feeling like they need more of God's presence. And it says in Acts 4, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with, with boldness. What's crazy is they were already previously filled yeah. in Acts 2, right? Yeah. Acts 2, verse 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So I think, whether you want to call it a filling of the Holy Spirit, baptism, Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Filled I and think, refilled. I think, yes, just yes. go for it. Like, there are no toxic limits to the Holy Spirit. So, get as much filling as you possibly can. That's question one. Question number two. In the verse I heard you mention from Matthew 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Are those the same baptism, or is there another baptism that's fire? What do you think, A.J. Jones? That's such a good question. I I guess I've always thought it's the same. I think because of the fire, like the tongues and fire appearing in Acts 2, I've always thought that that's like one baptism together, the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, depending on which lens I'm wearing from my cessationist background, okay, right, which they probably dodged the first one of being baptized. I'm, I'm being slightly <laughs> facetious. Although, in all seriousness, I once heard a preacher I respect, a cessationist, preach about Acts 2 
and how he translated or how he made sense of the Holy Spirit coming on you and giving them all a language that everybody could understand was, he said, and I quote, when the Holy Spirit fills you in your life as a Christian, your speech will be changed to purity so that other people will notice a difference and see the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm like, that is one of the sketchiest interpretations of that verse I could imagine. That is what we call a body swerve. Um, so, you know, people have a different view of what fire, uh, the fire is. Yeah. But the most common one that I've heard is what you just said, that the that fire is the fire of the Holy Spirit. My cessationist views, not that I hold to cessationism anymore, but you understand what I mean. Historically, I've heard that often talked in, in the context of judgment. So it could be that. So sorry we don't have a more definitive answer for you, Hillary, but great question. Thanks for sending it in. Well, that's a fun episode. Yeah. If you want the show notes, go to alanandaj.com slash 282. And if you'd like us to ask, if you'd like us to ask us a question, no. If you'd like to ask us a question, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And to become a member and support the show, go to alanandaj.com slash join. Thank you so much for being with us. We will see you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.